to the Champions for Parents podcast. We are Tom and Julie Meekins, friends and supporters of parents and caregivers affected by disability. We love them and we are them. We also are here for the benefit of those who are working in ministry for these families. Today, the title of the podcast is The Plight of the Dad, and it is a plight, isn't it? (laughs) Because we want to talk a little bit about dads of children who are affected by disability. Dads have a lot to process when their child has significant challenges. And this, sure. this is going to be a little difficult for me because trying to articulate what I'm thinking and what I have been feeling over the years, or especially when things first started, is always a, a difficult thing. So, well, let's go and see what comes out. I think it's going to be great. <laughs> what kinds of things went through your mind as you began to realize that our Amy had charge syndrome? And what that might mean for our family. Well, we had three children before Amy, and each one was unique, but they came out fine. One was an emergency C-section, and but she came out fine. She developed fine. So, so this was totally different when Amy was born. um, That there was problems that she may not walk, talk, eat by mouth, and diagnosis chart diagnosed. With, with charge, charge syndrome, syndrome um, was an unknown, huge unknown. And, and you remembered me calling to tell you what the doctor had said to me. Yes, she was in intensive care for two weeks. And so during that two weeks, mm-hmm. I had to go to work um, after she was born and got a phone call at work from Julie, who had spoken to the doctor. And that was a hard a day. Really bleak prognosis that Amy was going to just be a vegetable pretty much basically yeah that she wouldn't walk or talk or eat by mouth and that she would have an intellectual disability and it's just like what what does that mean and and so my first reaction was no no that's not it that denial complete denial no that that can't be right Mm, um mm. so that's how things started we knew there were problems because she was in intensive care when she was born she was not breathing they had to resuscitate her, take her away to uh, uh, the ne- neonatal intensive care, and, uh, and, and put her in put her in that that bassinet and hooked up to all the mm. all the wires. Yes, um, some of you who are listening have gone through that. Um, so mm. it, it, it was a very uh, difficult process of of unknowns, an unknown future, which can bring a whole lot of emotion. Yes, for sure. As we began to prepare this podcast, we knew that we wanted to address the role of the dad in a family where a disability of a child is present. So we started making lists. Remember yeah. that? We sat down, we made the list of do's and don'ts for dads. Yeah, that didn't quite pan out. <laughs> and then we moved on to do's and don'ts for moms as they relate to dads. And then we're like, something's missing here, right? Yeah, something kind of... Uh, Um, (laughs) difficult (laughs) yes very but then we thought before we offer suggestions on dad's responses to this unexpected lifestyle and what moms can do to support them i think we should talk about what dads might be going through right we decided that that might be a good idea so what happens in a dad's mind and heart when he gets a diagnosis you shared your first reaction no that can't possibly be true and i think that happens to a lot of dads What happens to dads as the day-to-day living with a disability unfolds? Generally, moms are a little better at expressing their feelings and um, their emotions. They seem to kick into mama bear mode, right? 
that fierce role of advocacy, often before dad even has a chance to catch his breath and process. And that mama bear attitude can catch a dad off guard Mm -hmm. because we want to fix the problem. We want to uh, be in charge in some cases. We want to provide the answer. Of course. And when mama bear is is searching for all the answers and doing all the research, it's easy to, to back off and let her do it. Although I, I enjoyed seeing, seeing Julie's, uh, I should My say mode. seeing your, <laughs> your passion yeah. and, and just wanting to, to do everything possible to get, um, to get Amy to develop and to find out what the next thing was. So, so many times I, I use the, the term when we're talking to other people, I, I wind her up and, and let her go. <laughs> and so she was definitely wound up because yeah. she wanted to find out how... How can I help my baby? How to help, how yeah. to help our, our my baby My baby grow. is hurting. And, and of course, I wanted to also, but we had to work together. We, we had did. to do this together. We did. Yeah. So what kinds of things do you think dads might be experiencing? Well, the first thing that, that I experienced was denial. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, that can't, can't happen. And then you just put it out of your mind because, oh, of course, the future is going to be fine and, and, and our child's not going to have problems. It's mm-hmm. just been a mistake there you go. Um, in the diagnosis. So then there was a, a shock factor, really, right. in all yeah, of that. Not, not, expecta- not expected, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. definitely not expected. Um, the other children were born, yeah. um, you know, like you said, we had that emergency C-section with our oldest. and But other than that, everything went according to plan with the other children. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, here we find ourselves, right? right. So um, you didn't know that our child, any child, we didn't really ever have that we, experience. Could we didn't anticipate come with all those right. special needs, we right? Did, did not ante- yeah. anticipate. She she wasn't eating, uh, she wasn't swallowing. Um, everything went down into her lungs. Um, a, a, a very positive thing is that I, I did have a good job. Mm-hmm. You we did did have a good uh, medical plan with my company, so there there weren't any worries about the mm-hmm. finances, and that is a total total blessing. Still, a lot of unknowns. We we had a deductible, and you know there there are things that uh, we had to take care of. She and had a lot of medical needs. A lot too. of medical, and, and then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking because of all, uh, since we had insurance, they probably did every single test hmm. under the under the uh, sun, hmm. and uh, sent us off with all the supplies we ever needed, maybe more than we needed. <laughs> yeah, I think finances though is a huge thing for dads. And, you know, some of these dads are getting these kinds of diagnoses in the hospital. And maybe it's not, um, you know, when you're thinking about the uh, diagnosis of autism, you know, it may not be a hospitalization. It may just be a developmental thing that's going, not just, but it may be a developmental thing. And at, over time, you realize this child isn't progressing the way that other children do. But, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a lot of costs involved in helping a child that has special needs. So that that can be an issue. So I think that some dads also think, what now? Okay, so what am I supposed to do with this? Because life is happening different than what I expected. Right. At the beginning, uh, the hospitals, the doctors did everything they could, everything they could to um, meet Amy's needs, her physical needs, and to keep her alive. And we're convinced, looking back, convinced that she was sent home 
Um, With them knowing that probably she wasn't going to make it. And we were there to take care of her until that time. You know, and then parents are like, no, you know, we're not going to. We're not going to think that way right. in the time. It's like, okay, what do we do next? What do we do next? What do we do next? Right? So I'm thinking about the dads who may be feeling like every day the mother of my child comes comes at me with a barrage of ideas on what must be done to help our child. I you, wasn't anything like that, was well, I? Yes, you, I was. <laughs> you, did it, you did it perfectly. You valued my opinion. Mm, I surely did. You included me with within all of your mama bear research and i felt needed mm. you you included me at such a point where um i was part of the team we we did this together even though i went off to work all day long and left this was Julie my behind, life <laughs> this was her life yes this was my life um, and it's easy elders. for the father to just go off to work. Sometimes it was a, a great break just mm-hmm. to go to work. It's a little crazy in our house. And leave the craziness back yeah. at, back at the house. But we, we have to work together. And so that means phone calls during the day. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking about, that out. about the situations. And what you're saying to dads right now is, or to moms really, you're saying to moms, mm. include the dad in. You know, please, when you're making these decisions for your child that child belongs to your husband as much or to the father of this child as much as he does or she does to you Mm -hmm. so you know sometimes i was on steroids with my next steps and i think i i could overwhelm and and you know some and i feel this um when i talk to other moms um these dads aren't ready to tackle her ideas mom's ideas often and there's so many questions and need for my input so first of all even if i am included it's like i don't know what the answers to these questions are and i don't know what to do next um so we take one step at a time yes yeah one step at a time and so we decided okay first we had to deal with yeah amy's failure to thrive she wasn't eating yeah. Um, and she went for, for what the six first six weeks. Six weeks, yep. Everything she ate. Well, she lived for six weeks. Everything she ate went came back severe, out or severe went into her lungs. Reflux, yes. And so she aspirated, and she had reflux, yeah. and that was actually killing her. So our first goal was to keep the baby alive, yeah. right? And then we researched her development. So, but we, we did have that, we do this together mentality as much as you could be involved with, you know, the work schedule that you had, I did want to include you in everything. So we moved forward together, right? So we, um, one dad that we know about, (laughs) and we've read some of his material, he puts it this way. When my own son was born, I went into a tailspin of despair, blame, denial, There you go. Anger and confusion. I was lost. It's no wonder we have an epidemic of dads walking out on their families in the special needs community. This is a quote from Jeff Davidson from his blog, The Five Roles of a Father of a Child with Special Needs. And we'll put that link in the show notes so that you can go and look at some of his material. Um, He did pass away a couple of years ago. And, but his wife has a ministry called Rising Above. I think it's called Rising Above Ministries. And um, Becky is doing what they had planned to do together all on her own and doing a beautiful job at it. And they have, uh, she has a son who has autism. I think his name is John Allen, or it's close to that. Right. And then there's a, another blog post. We're going to put this 
um, link uh, in the show notes also. This is from Steve Gresovich, uh, who's a doctor, a child, and uh, adolescent uh, psychiatrist who serves as uh, president and founder of Key Ministries. And this is called How Dads Are Impacted When Kids Have Disabilities. And he writes about uh, four different reasons why dads of special needs kids are more prone to depression. Oh, boy. Um, in summary, just to summarize a few points here, is the impact on one's career could be huge. Uh, it could mean uh, a change in one's direction. Uh, the a career could be, or the worry about the uh, career uh, impact is is in mm-hmm. is is in our minds. It could be a, a challenge for providing for our child the rest of our life Ooh. and beyond. That's a daunting. The thought. financial um, complexities are are, yes. are there. It could be uh, an impact on the uh, husband and wife relationship. Um, Julie and I got along got along great at the time. Um, but, but the challenges, if we weren't encouraging each other, if we weren't communicating, could, uh, um, could take a toll on the relationship. And I have seen, uh, families where mom wants to go in one direction and dad wants to go in another direction, or dad is not on par with where mom is yet in her, um, moms often are way ahead because dad has to work and he's got other things to think about. And he's not really dealing with his emotions of it all well either. And mom is like ready. She's like, and she's like, I'm determined I'm getting help for my child no matter what you think. And that's a problem. That is a problem for a marriage, a big problem for marriage. Mom will have to slow down. Dad will have to speed up. But you've got to work together. You have to wait. So mom, you have to wait for dad. And dad, you need to get going. (laughs) Patience and grace. Steve also talks about... Yeah, the grieving. Uh, There's definitely a a grieving process. Grieving the uh, loss of your aspirations for your Mm, child. For sure. Experiences with them. If you have a boy, you you wondered if he's going to play ball. Right. We've heard that from dads. Exactly. Why can't my son play baseball on a team? Right. And that's just really frustrating because that was the plan that he had for his son. And he just couldn't imagine that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And it was tough. It was And it was straining for all relationships in the family. As a mom of children with disabilities, my passion was to figure out how to make life better for not only Amy, but for the rest of the kids as well. Mm -hmm. I went into research and implementation mode. (laughs) That's all I can say. I have to confess, again, that I I don't think I gave um, a tremendous amount of thought to how Tom was processing all this. I'm sorry, honey. I didn't think about it. I just moved. <laughs> well, I didn't think about it either. I just I think you're encouraged right. you to keep going because our child was was in need. Was in need. That's right. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's love. <laughs> I, yeah. I hope we're Well, and we're I always got that. the indication that you appreciated the work that I was Absolutely. doing, the research that I was doing yeah. and You appre- I you appreciated um, or I appreciated your research. You you appreciated me. My support. Your support, support to in, me. In yes. Interacting with uh, your research. Yes. Um, you were good at taking information from the doctors um, and asking the questions like, what else and what's next? Um, you'd come up with ideas. Um, and I and I would come <laughs> up with, well, well, how are we going to do that? How? Yeah. You know, flying, flying west. Down twice. to Utah. Yeah, we flew to Utah to get some neurodevelopmental <laughs> twice, help for Amy twice when twice. she was a baby. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, how can we afford to, to travel to, to seek the information? Yeah. And, 
you know, we she was born with a with a hearing loss, and we went down to Virginia, well, from Maryland to Virginia for her uh, hearing or speech yes, appointments. Yes, for, at one there time. was a specific kind of speech um, therapist down there that was that resonated with what we or we right. resonated with her in the way that she was doing this things. Is as, yeah. as, as Amy grew, and this was. Uh, uh, some research that we did. So, yeah, and, you know, we did do a lot of talking when you were at work. We co- we mm-hmm. talked a lot together about, okay, what do we want to do next? And and then, of course, after the kids were in bed, we did a lot of, I think that consumed our life <laughs> for the first couple of years yeah, of Amy's in particular. Yeah. It, was, it was. And I was able to save up my vacation days <sighs> and sick leaves to go to uh, major doctor appointments uh, with uh, with you. I so appreciated not having to go to the big <clears throat> teaching hospitals by myself because we were into the D.C. hospital um, it, it, for children, the hospital for children in D.C., and then we were at University of Maryland in for Baltimore. different appointments and hospitalizations, yeah. and it was like it was wonderful to have you by my side for all of those. Yeah. And I know that you were sacrificing all your vacation time. You had no free time, but then, you know, neither one of us did because we were all about helping our baby and getting things done for her. Right. So we often hear the terms absent dads, vacant dads, and angry dads when referring to some dads' reactions to their children with disabilities because they're just having a really hard time. They don't want to be absent, vacant, or angry. It's just, what do I do with these emotions that are welling up as I, as, as we figure out what to do with our child? So, Tom, do you think that, it, that those words are a fair assessment of some dads who are faced with parenting a child with disabilities? Well, it happens. Okay. Uh, absent dads can be absent... Uh, uh, physically, yeah. where, where, you're, where you just want to get out of the house because it's so crazy at home, or you're at home and you're absent because you're not uh, communicating or adding to whatever um, the solution well, is. And that's not only in families with children affected by disability, is it? I mean, there are mm-hmm. moms and dads who are vacant sometimes with their children. And in this day and age, we've got cell phones. And so we're constantly in communication with the outside world. And we have to, you know, be um, intentional about focusing on what's going on around us. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard when it's so overwhelming and you don't know the answers. You just don't know the answers. So what do you think is the the oh, yeah. biggest thing that dads need to do? We have to control our expectations. Okay. We have to give them to the Lord. Um, we we have to know that, that he has the plan. Yes, from the beginning of time. Yes. Yeah, so if we understand, I think this is a huge part of parenting children who are affected by disability is understanding that God is God and that he loves this child more than we do. We can't imagine that, but he loves this child more yes. than we do. And that he is sitting there waiting for us to ask him for direction. Ask, seek, and knock. Yes. He's asking. He wants us to ask him. He he wants that conversation with him. And sometimes we isolate ourselves from God and from people when we're going through really hard things. So that's one of my biggest things is, you know, get in the word of God. Get with other other believers. You know, get the right um, support from people that really know who God is and what he's about. And we're not going to, just because we pray, that doesn't mean that we're going to get everything that we want because God is perfect in his plans. We need to conform to them, but he will give us everything we need for life and godliness. Right. So that's really important. Yeah. So I love 
you know, one of the things that you often say is... Yeah, we can't worry about tomorrow. And, well, this is, Jesus says this, uh, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry yeah. about itself. And, and there's a phrase that we often used uh, when we didn't know what the next thing was, <laughs> or we knew what the next thing was to do, and we just got exhausted We don't want doing to do it, anymore. Is, is we would say, let's just... Put it into neutral yeah. and do the next thing. Do what we know to do, yeah. right? And not, yeah. you know, so sometimes... Don't get emotional. That just it. meant feed the kids. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Change the diapers, feed the kids, yeah. you know, and, and wash the dishes. Sometimes that's all it was. Mm-hmm. And if we could just take that one more step to do that, put the kids to bed, you know, read them a story and all that. So as we consider those terms of absent dads, vacant dads, and angry dads and what they represent... From your perspective, what kinds of things can dads do to prevent this from happening? And I think one of the main things that you said was to control the expectations, you know, really tap into the Lord and what he's got for us, work as a team with your spouse, right? Learn all that you can, but then realize that you also have the role sometimes, and this isn't always the case in all families, but it was for ours. You were the breadwinner. And so you had to focus on your job. You had to get to your job. I remember um, some of the hardest days of Amy's life when we didn't sleep because we had to feed her by a tube in her nose every two hours at home with no nursing help. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you weren't getting enough sleep and you had to, you had a long commute and I was a little worried that you were not going to make it from point A to point B. And so we kicked you out. We kicked you out of the bedroom and put you down in another bedroom in our house, our guest room, so that you could get some sleep because, you know, we were up every two hours and it took an hour to feed her. So Amy and I were up every two hours and it took an hour to feed her because of her reflex. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you just got to make those kinds of decisions. So, so what, Tom, do you think are some of the things that the that the faith community ministry leaders can do to come alongside a dad who is struggling? Well, I know for one thing, we were in a Bible study, mm-hmm. um, and we, we brought our, our kids along with us, and there was a, a good way of watching the kids, and the adults can have um, have a Bible study at the same time. But we were in the Word. We yes. were in the Word of and God. And that was even before, before Amy was anything. born. Yeah. And so we had a foundation, didn't we? We had okay. a foundation. You know, Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words mm-hmm. abide in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. And, but the, the key is the word abide. Mm-hmm. It's hang on, hold on to the Word of God, be in Christ. And when believe. you do that, when you do that, then you can be open to a new plan that God has for your child. Right. And one that you hadn't planned on, but that he has for you. So I think that another thing is, um, and this is hard for dads, but connect with other dads. Yes. And sometimes it's easier for certain dads to connect to other dads. For me, I was more of a um, you know, like sit back and and be a little little timid or shy or um, among I, the men. You I, mean. I didn't I didn't pour my heart out to other men mm-hmm. about the problems that our family were having. I think that's time. typical for men, and it's hard for men when you get together. So you know, if if you can find a support group 
for moms and dads, maybe that's helpful. <laughs> you know, you can be in the same room and not have to say a word because the women will be fine about that. Um, and I'm stereotyping here, but that often that <laughs> is the case. So, I mean, we run a support group and that's often what happens. Dads just kind of sit back and listen to what all the the women have to talk about. But sometimes if there's more than one man in the room, then we put them together uh, to, to have a little small group discussion. And, and that's been helpful for some of them. So, and it's okay to grieve those ideas that you had for your child. We all need to grieve what, right. what we had expected Allow and it's not happening. Allow each other to share what your expectations were mm. and are and talk about them. Are they realistic? Are they not realistic? Should they be different? Um, How does God factor into and, this? Right. Yeah. Share share with one another what, what, uh, what your expectations are. So so you're saying that, that there has to be a surrender, right? Surrendering to the will of God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And then, you know, we have to look at our children differently, don't we? Because we had a certain expectation for them, and now they have this special need, whatever it is. You know, maybe it's autism, maybe it's Down syndrome, maybe it's charge syndrome like our daughter has. Uh, maybe it's undiagnosed, but we know that there are some some struggles there. And so we're, we would like to encourage dads and moms to look at the uniqueness in that particular child. Mm-hmm. Um, if we are fearfully and wonderfully made, as the Bible says, then that's true for this child as well. And God has a plan for their life. And so if we can just look for those things that are precious and unique about that child and embrace them. Right. Yeah, and something that developed over the years was uh, wanting a place in mm. church for not only Amy, our special needs child, but but our others, yes. uh, other children too. Yes, and um, and that changes. Our needs change, but find a place in a local church where you have other people to love you and reach out to you, and, and that you can serve and um, and serve other people and love your child because we need to expand uh, beyond ourselves as parents. A, a community that will love our child as well. Yes. So that's a good way to do it. Yes, and support each other. Listen to each other. And the church can encourage this yes. uh, in, in, uh, in each other. And, and not judge. You know, if someone's coming in a grieving state, they're, they're not going to be at their best. I mean, we certainly weren't at different times in raising our children. Um, and just give them that extra grace and that extra measure of uh, listening ear and let them ha- go through the process of growing with you near so that you can be a listening ear for them, somebody that will love their child so that they can get a break. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, that's how you can support moms and dads as they're you know, trying to figure it out because it's not an easy thing. Um, and the church can help with daily tasks. You know, there's practical things like some of these families are really drowning in financial debt because of because of the medical the child. Problems, yep, yeah. because of what's going on with this child. Um, often they need childcare. You know, and sometimes that's not easy. But maybe you can get to know this family, get to know this particular child, and his or her needs. And then meals. Meals are always wonderful when you can't think about what the next meal is going to be. Mm. And if you have some food in the Our house, church reached out. Four months. Abundantly. (laughs) For four months. Providing meals. We had to say, we're good now. (laughs) We can breathe now. Thank you so much for all of these meals, but please stop and do it for somebody else. When she was born. When she was, yeah, Yeah. up till she was four months old. But take part in 
and initiate ministry people the tasks necessary to make the family work to help that family get along. Right. Yeah. And and we we've talked a lot about when Amy was born in the early years, but as your children develop, there are other. Oh they're, yeah. They're very similar needs, but there are other other situations that happen where you definitely need other people. You need each other. Right. Exactly. We also want to share with you a Zoom interview and conversation video with three dads that we think will be just really cool for you to see. We were blessed by it, and we think you would be too. And these are dads of children affected by disability from different walks of life, different ages, different ways of doing life. Um, this interview was conducted by Barbara Stanley of the Wonderful Works Organization. We're going to put the link to that video in the show notes so that you can watch it too. And I think it would be a really so good thing for you to before, do. Be sure to check out the show notes because we're going to have like three, four different um, links of different things. links in yes. there. You'll, you'll be blessed. Yes. Okay, so just uh, to know that this this is not an easy life. Yeah. Um, you know, there's struggles along the way. Um, Amy's uh, just about 27 now. and How uh, is that even possible? Every stage of life presents a different uh, challenge. It does. And so if, if there's anything that you want to talk to us about, um, mm-hmm. we're here for you, um, dads as well as moms. So, Dad, if you want to have a conversation with just Tom or if you want to have a conversation with Tom and me, we can do a Zoom call. We can do a telephone call. We're available to chat with you. So um, we would love to connect you with resources also that may be helpful for your particular situation. So if right. even if you just want to send an email and say help, you know, and tell us a little bit about your situation, we'd be happy to pass along some really cool resources that we have found through the years and, and really a lot most recently as we've connected with other ministry leaders who are serving in disability ministry uh, throughout the country. And so there's a lot of resources that we could pass on to you. And there's no charge, absolutely no charge. God provides right. God for provides all of this. through others who want to support our ministry. There is no charge for you. Absolutely. Oh, we also um, encourage you to check out our website, champions4, number four, champions4parents.com, and invite you to email us there at champions4parents at gmail.com. So champions4parents at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, Champions for Parents. You can find us there. And if you feel led... Um, to give financially to help us continue to support, equip, and empower you and other parents like you and those who serve you in faith communities, communities and churches. Um, please know that we are missionaries to parents through... It's Reformed Evangelistic Fellowship, REF, in Bristol, Tennessee. For instructions, uh, please go to our webpage, uh, championsforparents.com. Click on the Donate tab in the menu selection at the top. It'll take you to a a page to uh, explain how you can be involved. Yes, indeed. And we just, just know that we are here for you. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye bye.